Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. And good morning and happy Thursday, faithful listeners. I hope you all are having a great start to the December month already, even though today is the first of December. But I don't know what it is about the month of December. I always feel super stressed during December. It's like everything is like super busy. And I don't know if it necessarily is relating to Christmas or what, but (laughs) I just feel like there's just so much to think about during the month of December. And maybe it does all relate to Christmas. If you guys are feeling stressed, contact me and tell me how I can pray for you because I do enjoy hearing from you guys, but I also like to get prayer requests because I, I write them down in my little prayer journal. So if you want to contact me, find my information in the bio of this podcast episode, click on it and send me a little email about how I can pray for you for this upcoming month. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 25 today. This is a very uh, sad portion of scripture, obviously, because we're getting into the death and resurrection of Jesus. So let's read about this. This is going to be Luke 23, verses 13 through 25, and I will be reading this out of the W.E.B. version this morning. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought this man to me as one who perverts the people, and behold, having examined him before you, I found no basis for a charge against this man concerning those things which you accuse him. Neither has Herod, for I sent you to him to see nothing worthy of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. Now he had to release one prisoner to them at the feast. But they all cried out together, saying, Away with this man, release to us Barabbas, one who was thrown into prison for a certain revolt in the city and for murder. Then Pilate spoke to them again, wanting to release Jesus. But they shouted, saying, Crucify, crucify him. And he said to them a third time, Why? What evil has this man done? I have found no capital crime in him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. But they were urgent with loud voices, asking that he might be crucified. Their voices and the voices of the chief priests prevailed. Pilate decreed that what they asked for should be done. He released him, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus up to their will. So on Tuesday, we talked about how Jesus had a trial with Pilate. Pilate found absolutely nothing wrong with Jesus. So he sent Jesus over to Herod to have Herod deal with the trial regarding Jesus. Herod also found no reason to put Jesus to death and ended up sending him back to Pilate. And I'm going to guess both of them were just passing this trial back and forth because truly they didn't really want to deal with it because the chief priests were involved and so were the people. Now, Pilate historically had had a lot of riots on his hands before, and I'm going to guess that he did not want another one because they can get pretty bad sometimes, obviously. But Pilate was not a kind person because even right here, it says that he is going to chastise Jesus and then release him. This word chastise means to beat Jesus, actually. It means to beat him with the... uh, with that whip with nine tails. And on the end of these nine tails, there'd be like bone shards and glass shards and whatever else, stones on the the ends of these whips. I mean, imagine getting whipped 
without a stone on the end of it. It hurts. It hurts really bad. One time, uh, my husband, (laughs) we were sitting on a swing together. We were taking our engagement pictures. And uh, my sister's a photographer and she was taking them for us. And my sister needed us to like sit closer together because the swings were like really spaced far apart. So my husband, who was my fiance at the time, he grabbed the swing that I was on and like it was a chain and he like brought the two chains close together so we could take the picture. And when (laughs) when we were done taking the picture, he released the chain and it slapped me in the face so hard. It was excruciating. It was so bad. And that was just a swing chain hitting me in the face. So I can't even imagine what this whip with like glass shards on the end of it would have felt like. And this was Roman torture. The Romans were quite known for their various uh, forms of torture. And this was one of them being whipped with the nine tails. Now, what's bad about this kind of whipping was the fact that it would be shredding off the skin off of the back of the prisoner. And a lot of times people would die just from getting whipped like that because their their skin was literally getting shredded off and they would be bleeding. They might go into shock. They might die from blood loss. So this was bad stuff. This was Roman torture. And this shows what kind of a person Pilate really is right here. Because even though he recognizes Jesus as being innocent, he was totally okay with beating Jesus, an innocent man, to the point of potential death. So Pilate was not a nice guy. He was not a nice ruler. And this really, really shows the level of uncaring that Pilate really was. Just that point alone that he's willing to potentially beat to death an innocent man. Or rather, whip to death an innocent man. So... Pilate tells all the people, it says in verse 13, he called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people. So there was a crowd of people gathered around the courthouse, it sounds like. And so he tells everybody, he says, look, I found no fault with Jesus. I found no fault with him. And I'm just going to have one of my men whip him with the nine tails and then I'll release him after that. And I'm wondering what happens at that moment, because I'm going to guess the chief priest got pretty mad and the chief priest had a lot of standing in the community, in the Jewish community, because they boasted about how great they were. They were the the leaders of the temple. And so, of course, the people, for the most part, bought into this lie of how holy and righteous and good the chief priests were. But that was a lie. The chief priests obviously weren't holy. They weren't good because they were trying to kill their Messiah. They were trying to kill God. But they had a lot of standing. And I'm going to guess that Pilate didn't really want to walk on thin ice with the Jewish priests because he had already had a bunch of riots on his hands before. They were not fun. They were not good. And uh, Pilate probably instigated some of them, honestly. (laughs) just looking back on who he was in history. But because of that, he was already on thin ice. And I'm going to guess he didn't want to tread on that thin ice any longer than he should. So he didn't want to go against the crowds. He didn't want to go against the chief priests because it was an unpopular decision. I mean, how true is that to this day? Like, 
The average person does not want to go against popular opinion because the masses yell at you if you go against popular opinion. So it takes a strong character to really go against that in a very public way, the way Pilate would have had to in order to free Jesus. So in a sense, even though, yes, Pilate was a very cruel and very uh, dictator-like governor, he did in this case follow popular opinion by not releasing Jesus. Because like I said, he had already had some riots on his hands and probably did not want another one because he was skating on thin ice. So he tries to get Jesus, he, he tries to go around, you know, the chief priests, by doing this very popular thing that he would do every single Passover. He would release a prisoner to the people. Now, obviously, Jesus was a prisoner, but there was this other guy who was a prisoner named Barabbas. And this Barabbas dude was literally a revolutionary. They had claimed Jesus was. Jesus obviously was not a revolutionary, but Barabbas truly was. He was trying to overthrow the government and he had committed murder. We don't know what kind of murder he committed. Maybe he killed an official, a Roman official or something like that, but he committed murder and he was in prison for that. Now, I'm going to guess that Pilate thought that Jesus was going to be released because he kind of seems very, very shocked at the crowd's response to wanting to release Barabbas. He's basically like, why? Why do you want to release Barabbas? What has Jesus done? Because Pilate was like, he's innocent. I already told you guys he's innocent. So why are you not wanting to release Jesus? But anyway, Pilate says to everybody, he's like, I'm going to release a prisoner to you guys. Choose which one you want to release. And because Jesus was so popular, once again, I'm going to guess that Pilate truly did think that the crowds would choose Jesus because just based upon how popular Jesus really was. But uh, that's not what ended up happening. They want Barabbas because once again, the chief priests were in this crowd instigating a riot pretty much. And saying, no, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus. These chief priests, these teachers of the Old Testament law, these guys who safeguarded the temple, that's what their role was supposed to be anyway, though they weren't really doing that. These were the guys that instigated the crowds to ask and demand for Jesus's death, their Messiah's death. It was the chief priest. Here's what it says right here. They all cried out together saying, away with this man, release to us Barabbas. And they say with urgent and loud voices in verse 23, asking that Jesus might be crucified. Their voices and the voices of the chief priests prevailed. Now this shows that the people who are complaining about Jesus, their voices prevailed. So when I'm reading this now, this is the first time I've caught this, actually. It doesn't sound like everybody in that crowd was asking for Jesus to die. But because the chief priests and the people who liked the chief priests were crying very loudly for Jesus to die, their voices were heard above the other people. I think that's kind of interesting, actually, because it says their voices prevailed. In other words, they were louder than the rest. This just shows that uh, the squeaky door gets the grease. And a lot of times the squeaky door is the one that really needs replaced. (laughs) Uh, I'm funny. But anyway, the chief priests and the crowds of people who wanted Jesus to die, their voices are prevailing 
over the ones that didn't necessarily want that. So Pilate's like, okay, fine. You get what you ask for. You get what you want. I'm going to release Barabbas to you and I'm going to crucify Jesus. So he released him who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom they asked. In other words, Barabbas. But Pilate delivered Jesus up to their will. So he caved. He gave in to the crowds because he didn't want another riot on his hands. He didn't have that strength of character at this moment. So Pilate, in a sense, even though he was a very cruel person, yes, he did cave in this moment. He did not do the right thing. And I mean, that's so true nowadays, too. Like, it is very hard to go against popular belief and uh, the crowds, the masses. It's very hard to do it. Pilate didn't do it. But I want to explain one more thing here. And if you were listening to any of my Leviticus episodes, you would have heard me do an episode about the scapegoat from Leviticus chapter 16. And I want to read a little bit of Leviticus 16 to you, verses 20 through 22. And I'll be reading this out of the NIV real quick. And this really relates to what is going on with Jesus and Barabbas. So Leviticus 16 all the way back in the Old Testament, verses 20 through 22. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. And he shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of somebody appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all the sins to a remote place and the man shall release it into the wilderness. So what this is talking about was in the Old Testament, there was something called a scapegoat for the day of atonement. In other words, one goat would be killed for the sins of the people and the other goat, the sins would be placed onto the goat and the goat would be released into the wilderness. Now, Barabbas is definitely a picture of this scapegoat mentioned here in Leviticus because he's truly the one that had sins on him, right? I mean, he was the one that truly sinned. He was the true revolutionary. He was the one that committed murder. He was the one who was going against the Roman government, even though they claimed Jesus was the one who had basically done all that stuff. It was truly Barabbas. So he was the one with the sins, right? And yet he was released and Jesus died in his place. So he is the picture of the scapegoat in Leviticus. And this is just one other way that Jesus really fulfilled the Old Testament was not only through all the prophecy that is mentioned about Jesus, but just things like this in the Old Testament law, where it really shows how Jesus truly was the sacrifice for us, the sacrifice for our sins. And the one that had no sin was made sin for us. And so, yeah, I mean, Jesus bought us back. He gave his life for us. He paid for us with his own life. I mean, this is just another way that the Bible really comes to life, isn't it? Through through things like this, where we see similarities between Jesus's death and everything that was supposed to happen in the Old Testament. And that's why Jesus said he came to fulfill the Old Testament laws for us. And yeah, this is just another way that the Bible just truly comes to life. 
Well, faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode today. And don't forget, this is Advent season. So check out my brand new devotional that just came out for teen girls. It's the Adore Devotional, the Teen Girl Guide to Advent. And that, of course, is linked in the description of this podcast episode. So you can navigate over there and check out that book and some of the other books and devotionals that I have written in the past. Faithful listeners, if you like this podcast episode, please share it on your social media platforms because that helps the podcast get found to more people. And also word of mouth is great. Continue to tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. And I am so thankful for you guys because I do have an exciting announcement. I am very, very close to hitting 200,000 downloads of this podcast, which is fantastic because I just hit 100,000 downloads recently, I think at the end of the summer. So uh, just thank you all for your support. Thank you for spreading the word about the Bible Explained podcast and for continuing to support in that way. I appreciate all of you guys, and I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Happy listening, and God bless.